good sense. Turn to the book of Galatians, chapter 6. Galatians, chapter 6. Galatians 6, we're going to look at the topic of don't weary of doing right. Don't weary of doing right. Uh, well, I appreciate those, really, all the songs this morning, but those last three songs are all about grace. And, uh, you know, that's what gets us through, folks, is the grace of God. Uh, the Apostle Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. And that's that, that grace, that strength, the resources that God has uh, for us are always there. They're always there. If you're saved, now if, you, if you're not saved, there's saving grace ready for you. Amen? Uh, all you need to do is simply realize you're a sinner and realize you're on your way to hell. Turn from your sins and trust Christ. And Him alone is your Savior. And you do that and you can avail yourself of that grace. And then that saving grace becomes becomes living grace that you have on a day-by-day -day basis you have the resources at your fingertips for god to to strengthen you and help you through life but 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 you know i was thinking about it, and this isn't necessarily one of my points this morning but one of the reasons why we should not weary of doing right is because the grace is always there we go through different things through different stages we go through different phases uh, we go through ups and we go through downs. And the blessing is, is that grace is always there. It's always there. We just need to avail ourselves of it. Let's all stand together. It should be at Galatians 6 by now. Galatians chapter 6, and I want you to look with me, verses 7 through 10. If your neighbor does not have a Bible, please allow them to look on with you. Uh, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them, who are of the household of faith. Let's bow for prayer. Father, I pray that you would help us to get a blessing from the book this morning. I'm so thankful that I have the very words of God to preach this morning. I don't have to, I don't have to uh, uh, give them what Pastor Dunbar says. I can give them, the folks here, what saith the Lord. And what a, what a blessing it is to have a book that speaks definitively on every, every, really every subject, every topic in life. God, we pray that you would, you would help us this morning to understand uh, why it's so important for us not to be weary in well-doing. Uh, Lord, uh, we can get tired and we can get worn out, but God, we should never get tired of doing that which is right and pleasing and honoring in your sight. We pray that you would speak to our hearts this morning as you do, we pray that you would uh, help us to say yes to you, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. All God's people said, amen. You may be seated. There's a, there's a promise in this, this, this uh, passage that is, is a real blessing. And the promise 
is the promise of a crop. Uh, there's two elements that are involved. It says, he says, if you sow to the flesh, you'll love the flesh reap corruption. If you sow to the spirit, you'll love the spirit reap life everlasting. Uh, we often think, however, of the negative. We, you know, we read that passage, at least I do, I, I notice that. And I get to the part where it says, be not deceived, God is not mocked. And I think of a, you know, a bony finger saying, you know, you're not going to mock God with your sin. Uh, but, you know, uh, it's true the other way, too. Uh, you're not going to mock God with doing right because God will always be faithful. It's one of the things we've heard this morning in the singing and in prayer. God is faithful. God is faithful. And he will not be mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You sow to the flesh, you'll get a rotten crop. You sow to the spirit, you'll get a good crop. Uh, you'll, you'll reap for, for, for doing right. Uh, and and we, we need to not be deceived because we will reap. Sometimes there is such a uh, long gap between the sowing and the reaping that we begin to doubt God. We begin to wonder, you know, is this really worth it? We begin to wonder, you know, is, is, uh, is, is, am I going to see fruit for my labor? Just remember this. God is not mocked. If he made a promise, he will always come through with his promise. Uh, there's some conditions, though. Look down in verse 9. It says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. The conditions are, first of all, our reaping is in due season. You know what that means? That means his time, not mine. That means his time, not yours. That means that, that there will come a day when uh, you will reap, but it's according to God's timing. And then, then secondly, and God is faithful, and so we can, we can be guaranteed that that reaping will take place. And the, the second thing is we, we can't faint. If we faint, you know, the implication there is that if you if you sow the right things and you faint and you quit, crop won't come up. Crop won't come up. We can't faint. If we quit, uh, we we negate our efforts. And uh, God says, "Listen, don't quit. Don't be weary in well doing." What what are what causes us to quit? Well, it's that weariness. Weariness is uh, not speaking here of physical weariness. There's places in the Bible where people were weary, but they, but they continued on. Gideon's men over in the book of Judges, it says that the, the men were faint yet pursuing. The faint that he's talking about there is not spiritual faint. He's talking about a physical faint. And you do right for God, and after a while, it will tire you out. Uh, you you know you uh, you uh, try to do right and doing right can be and will be tiring. That's understood. But uh, there's a difference between being physically weary and being spiritually weary. And spiritually worry is worry is uh, is is uh, when we we just kind of throw up our hands and we say, well, what's the use? There's 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 no point in this. Uh, I don't see any results. Might as well quit. Uh, weariness is a tiring of, of doing something. Uh, it's caused by disappointment. It's caused by uh, disappointed expectations 
or exhausted patience. Uh, you know, we, we, we can get tired doing right, but we should never be tired of doing right. Get that. You're, you're going to get tired doing right, but never get tired of doing right. In other words, you, you determine in your heart whether I get tired or not, whether, whether I get faint or not physically, I'm going to continue because it's right to do. I want to please God and I will see a crop someday. We're, we're, we're not to be weary in well-doing. In, in, the, in the book of Judges, chapter 4, you don't have to turn, I'll just tell you the story. The Canaanite uh, army captain, his name was Sisera. He got, he got weary of the battle, not just weary in the battle, he also got weary of the battle, and I can show you why that's the case here in just a minute. And, and he went into the tent of a woman who called him in, her name was Jael. And uh, uh, Jael called him in and said, listen, I'll take care of you. Yeah, she was going to take care of him, all right. And uh, he, he, she, uh, she called him in. He let his guard down. That's how I know that he wasn't just physically weary. He was also just weary of the battle, just didn't want to fight anymore. And so he let his, his guard down, and she, she gave him sustenance. She said, why don't you just lay down right here? And he laid down, and he went to sleep. Uh, I think it's interesting that her name was Jail because of what she used. Jail used a nail. And I, I don't know exactly the size of that thing, but it had to be pretty, pretty sizable. She went up to him very daintily, very ladylike. She didn't sacrifice any of her femininity. She put that thing right by his temple, got a great big old sledgehammer, went boom, and just, you know, you know, we, you use the term, oh man, that really nailed me. You know where we get that? We get that from jail on the nail, okay? Uh, she nailed him. <laughs> she, just, she, she did him in. And one of the reasons why his demise came was because he got weary now he wasn't doing right he he wasn't weary in well-doing but but when when we get weary doing those things that god wants us to do we put ourselves in a precarious situation this is a tactic that that the the devil often uses in your life and mine he he he, he uh, uh wears us down with uh with jabs he doesn't you know, when the, the bell for the fight starts, he doesn't come out and try to knock us out in one false swoop. That isn't how he works. He works jabbing a little here, jabbing a little there, jabbing a little here, jabbing a little there, and just wearing us down. And uh, uh, then, he, then he goes for the knockout. He goes for the, for the, for the final punch. But, but we, uh, we allow those things to, to get to us. Um, what are some things that can wear us down? What are some things that can cause us to lose spirit in the battle? A lot of things. For instance, everyday tasks, uh, cooking, cleaning, going to work, going to school, uh, doing, doing your schoolwork, doing math, doing English, you know. Uh, uh, just the, the everyday things, doing the lawn, uh, taking care of the laundry. Uh, those things can, after a while, if you're not careful... Uh, they can they can get to you and they can wear you down if you let them. 
Uh, even, even doing personal devotions, doing family devotions with your family, sitting them down and, and uh, uh, giving them the Word of God and spending time in prayer together as a family. Sometimes, you know, it's not always convenient. So it, it, can, it can wear on us. Uh, discipline of children. Uh, you know, I look at you folks that are raising the little ones. And I say, God bless you. <laughs> you know, uh, I, what, I, what I really say, my wife and I both say it together. We're so thankful we're past that stage. Because now we get to enjoy the fruits of our labor. You know what you're doing? You're sowing. You're sowing. And I think probably one of the biggest things you need to do as a parent is sow consistently. Be consistent. Be consistent in your testimony. Be consistent in your discipline. Be consistent in your training. Uh, just to consistently stay at it. Now, here's, here's the problem. You can get weary. Not, not just tired in doing it. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but how many of you, how many of you, you folks have ever just, just got tired of disciplining the same kid the same day over and over and I, I know, I've talked to some of you, and I've been there myself. I know exactly what that feeling is. And, and you, you know, if you're not careful, you're going to say, well, you know what, I'm going to let this next one pass. I'm going to let this next one slip. Uh, be careful of that. What that is, okay, is being weary of well-doing. And uh, I understand that it, it can be tiring, but don't quit. We, we, we tire when, uh, uh, when we pray and we see a lack of prayers. We were talking last night in men's prayer meeting. There are some prayers that have been going up from this church for some people for over 40 years, easily over 40 years. Uh, praying for folks to be saved, praying for folks and their families, and so forth. In some cases, we've seen we've seen uh, uh, you know uh, lots of lots of uh, prayer, prayer requests answered. But there are some things that we just don't see. If 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 you you're not careful, you'll get weary and you'll let that that praying uh, slack off. Helping Christians is another place where we can get weary and well doing. Just helping them, just being a blessing to them. You know, one of the things, and I was told this years ago, and I, you know, kind of, especially when I, when, when I was younger, it went in one ear and out the other. I said, yeah, 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 okay. But it's really true. Sometimes the people you help the most appreciate it the least and oftentimes will fall by the wayside. Well, so what do you do? You do it anyway because it's the right thing to do. Don't be weary of well-doing. Um, witnessing, you know, whether it be witnessing to folks at work, whether it be uh, witnessing to neighbors, whether it be witnessing to your relatives. I'll be honest, of all the, the groups, whether it be door knocking or whether it be uh, on the street and passing out tracks or witnessing in your neighborhood or witnessing, witnessing uh, to friends or at work, the, the hardest group to witness to is your own family. People that are in your family. And you, some of you folks know what I'm talking about. You're, you're shaking your head. Uh, listen, it's hard. It's difficult. But don't get weary of doing it. It'll be tiring. It'll, it'll, it'll drag you out sometimes. 
but don't be weary in well-doing. Another thing that, that uh, uh, will tire us out sometimes is just, just in general, not seeing results in our Christian lives. Uh, I'm, I'm reading through, been reading through here for a while, the book of Jeremiah. And uh, Jeremiah, to me, is an amazing guy. And, and he's an amazing guy uh, because uh, he's made out of flesh just like you and me. And there was a time where he, <laughs> he comes to God and he says, Thou hast deceived me and I have been deceived. Uh, God, uh, you told me uh, to, to go and do this ministry. Now, he also told them that nobody was going to listen to him. How would you like to spend your entire life and ministry ministering to folks that mock you, ridicule you, and nobody, I mean nobody, nobody gets right. Some of them will say they get right, and then they're going to get right, and then they turn right around and go the other way. Uh, somebody else comes up, uh, a false prophet. I understand that, that uh, Mr. Miller uh, preached on and taught on false prophets this, this last week. I thought about that. I was reading through, through uh, uh, Jeremiah. And uh, he had false prophets come up. And say, no, 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 don't listen to this guy. He, he is wrong. And they mocked him and they ridiculed him. And they said, we're not going into captivity. Well, they were. They weren't speaking for God, but he was. Don't you know that that got to him? And he got weary there for a while. And he threw up his hands and said, thou hast deceived me and I have been deceived. But there was a burning in his bones. And the word of God got a hold of him. And, uh, and he continued on. But when you, when you do things over and over and over again and you just don't see the results that you like to see or that you expect to see, it can get to you. Um, when, when you help others, and we kind of touched on this a moment ago, when you help others and there's no appreciation, you, you say, you know, uh, I, don't, you know I, I, I help folks and they don't care. They don't appreciate it. Well, the bottom line is this. Is it still right to do it? Well, yeah, it is. Okay, then be quiet and continue and don't be weary in well-doing. Uh, we, you, you do right, you get criticized for it. Of course, you, know, you can't win. You do wrong, you get criticized for it. You do right, you get criticized for it. Uh, sometimes you get criticized for doing right by good folks. Well, what do you do then? Well, that really, that gets to me and that really tires me out and that makes me weary. Don't be weary in well-doing. It's still right to do right. Uh, we, uh, uh, when you're surrounded by apathy, you're excited about the things of God, and it just seems like those folks that are around you could care less. Now, I'm not talking about lost people. I'm talking about saved people. They could care. They don't have the same level of excitement, enthusiasm that you have. Hey, don't be weary in well-doing. Why? Because we'll reap if we faint not. Uh, look down at verse, verse 10. Verse 10. It says, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. We're to do good unto all men, but we're especially to do good unto those that are saved. Uh, and it says, it, no, notice it says, do good unto all men. It does not say do good for 
all men. Because you do good for all men, and you'll be doing it for them. Don't do it for them. Do it for God. Do it for the Lord. Do it to please the Lord. And whatever you do, do it to please God. Over in Colossians chapter 3 and verses 23 and 24, it says, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily. You know, if you get, if you get weary in well-doing, if your mind starts to faint, you can't do things heartily. You, do, you start doing things half-heartedly. And uh, God says, whatsoever you do, do it heartily, as to the Lord, and not unto men. Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of your inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. You know, a lot of it is just a mindset. You know, why do we do what we do? Can I tell you? Uh, when I start doing it for people, or I start doing things for recognition, or I start doing things because I'm looking for visible results, I'm walking down the road of getting ready to get weary. Everything we do, we ought to do heartily. That means with full force. That means with, with all of your heart. Do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Now, you're doing, you're doing it, you know, you're, you're being a blessing to people, but, but you're doing it for the Lord. I want to give you uh, this morning some, some, uh, some things that can help you and I to prevent weariness. Uh, there's some things that we can do that kind of, kind of uh, insulate us from it. You know, we got the winter months coming. And uh, one of the things we've done in our house is, is uh, we've shut, made sure the windows are shut and made, made sure they're, they're uh, locked tight and so forth. Uh, you know, we, we'll do that in the wintertime as it gets closer. We've still got them open because sometimes we have a, we have a warm day like we just had the other day. And, uh, but as it gets closer and closer, we'll, we'll shut that thing down. Why? Because we want to prevent the cold air from coming into the house. I don't mind cold air, but I want it to stay outside. I don't want it to come inside. Well, that's, that's what we have to do when it comes to weariness. There's some things that we can do that, to prevent the weariness from coming into our lives. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Isaiah 40. Isaiah chapter 40, and you... Most of you, I'm sure, know these verses, particularly the last one. But look in verse 28. It says, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. Aren't you glad your God never gets tired of you? <laughs> I'm glad he doesn't get tired of me. And there's plenty of reasons for him to get tired of me, but he doesn't. There is no searching of his understanding. We can't plumb the depths. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. What he's saying there is he's saying we need to serve the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord. Now notice it doesn't say they that wait for the Lord. 
This isn't talking about waiting, sitting on your hands and just waiting for God to push you out, you know, into the underbrush to get something accomplished. That's not the case at all. Uh, waiting doesn't mean sitting. Waiting means to wait upon God. In other words, going back to that, that verse in Colossians, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as, as uh, to the Lord and not unto men. Serve God and serve God heartily. Serve God with your, with your whole being. Uh, you get strong from serving God. Um, you know, you don't, you, don't, uh, you don't lift weights because you're strong. You lift weights in order to get strong. Well, you don't serve the Lord because you are strong. You serve the Lord because that'll give you strength. And it will, it will be a preventative uh, of weariness. One of the things I'm concerned about, and I'll be real honest with you, I'm concerned about it in my own life, I'm concerned about it in your life. We've been on hold for seven months, almost eight months. Everybody's been in their house. Everybody's been low-key. We have. I mean, hardly anybody that I know that hasn't, hasn't really taken it down quite a few notches. All right, that's necessary. Don't get used to that. I absolutely hate when somebody comes up and says, well, this is the new normal. No, it isn't. <laughs> not for me. Not going to be that. No, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, 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 no. We're going to get over this. We're going to get through this thing. Uh, and, and I realize there are times when you have to do that. I'm not even being critical of that. We've all had to do that. Don't stay there and don't get used to that. We're getting ready to gear things back up again. You know, it's, it, it, honestly, um, you know, my routine now has, has gotten, gotten kind of, you know, in a, in a, in, in, in a it, I guess a rut is what I was thinking of. Uh, it's gotten into a rut. On Sunday morning, my routine on Sunday morning is going to have to change because I got to be here an hour, hour earlier. Uh, there's just there's just some things that you know we can get used to, and we need to be very very careful. Um, you know, uh, when it comes to serving the Lord, again, it goes back to who are you doing it for? I, I'm convinced that sometimes one of the reasons why one of the top reasons why we get weary is because we're not doing it for Him. We're doing it for others. We're not doing it for him. We're doing it for results. We're not doing it for him. We're doing it for ourselves. And we need to do it as unto the Lord. Second reason, the second thing that will help you prevent weariness, not only serving the Lord and waiting upon him. Go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12. By the way, let me just, uh, as you turn there, this business of serving the Lord. Can I tell you, every Christian needs to be in ministry. And, and I don't know what your ministry is. And it could be vastly different from another person's ministry. But you ought to have an area or two or three areas where you serve God. Um, so many times we think, well, you know, ministry, that's what preachers do. Uh, no, not just preachers, all of us, we're all called to minister, to minister to the lost, to minister to one another, to, to, uh, to uh, be a blessing and to serve God. Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 1 through 3, 
This gives us another preventative. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Consider Christ. Consider what Jesus Christ went through for you. Uh, you know when we get weary is when we start considering ourselves or we, we consider others. You consider others, you consider yourself, and you want to throw up your hands. But you think about your Savior, and you think about the one that, you know, this, this happens a lot in our church services, whether it be in prayer, whether it be in a song. Uh, you just, all of a sudden, it grabs you. It's something that's said, something that's prayed, something we sing, and you say, wow, you know, I've got a great Savior. I mean, you, you think about what he has done. You know, we've talked a lot lately about, about God's faithfulness. He did nothing wrong, and he died for all of us who are absolute rotten wretches. And he, he, he took the full payment. I, I can't even, I'll, I'll be honest, I can't even begin to wrap around what that means. I mean, from this standpoint. What is, what, what is the, not just the full payment for my sin, not just the full payment for your sin, full payment, the full payment for all the sins of all the world from Adam till today and until, till forever. Uh, he paid it all. We've got a song in our songbook. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. You know when I want to quit is when I forget that all to him I owe. I forget what he went through for me. Anything that I go through, anything you go through, there's nothing that can, can compare to what our Savior went through for us. Uh, we, get, we get weary sometimes because of, of self-pity. Look down at verse 4 of Hebrews 12. It says, ye have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. You know, I even think of this. You know, I haven't gone to jail for my faith. There's people that have, but I haven't. You know, and I get to grumbling and I get to complaining and I get to, to just wanting to just, ah, is it really worth it? Yeah, it is worth it. Jesus thought it was worth it. He, he shed his blood so that we could have forgiveness of sins. I want you to look with me over at, at uh, Psalm 73. This business of considering what Jesus did for us. Psalm 73. This is what happens when we don't consider. Psalm 73. The human author of this was, was uh, the one who penned the words was, was uh, Asaph. And, of course, it was given, given by inspiration of God. But I want you to notice something. This sounds like me. This probably sounds like you sometimes. Look in verse 1, 73, Psalm 73. Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. 
For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They're not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride compasseth them about as a chain. Violence covereth them as a, as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore, his people return hither and, water, and waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. And they say, how doth God know? And is there knowledge in the most high? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. That, that, you know, focusing on that kind of stuff, that can get you down. That can get you weary and well-doing. Look down at verse 23. I, I love the fact that he doesn't stay there. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Thou, hast, thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire besides thee. My flesh and my heart faileth. And all God's people said, that's true. That's true of you. That's true of me. Boy, over and over and over again, our flesh and our heart fails. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Remember that. Consider the Lord when you start to get weary. Another thing we do that we can do to, to prevent weariness, go to Luke 18. Luke 18. And Luke chapter 18. Look in the first verse. Luke 18, 1. Speaking of Jesus, it said, and he spake a, a parable unto them to the end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. You know one of the reasons why we get weary and well-doing? Because we've quit praying. Or we maybe haven't quit, but we've knocked it down a few notches. Or we've kept it at the same amount, but it just becomes robotic. And the heart of prayer isn't there. Uh, God says, listen, you want to not faint, you want to not get in a wearisome set or frame of mind, spend time in prayer. And we have to be reminded, I, I, um, I, I think that probably one of the most difficult things for most people is to have a consistent and a fervent prayer life. I know it's one of the big struggles that I've had over my entire Christian life. And yet it is one of the most important areas to take care of. When the prayer starts diminishing, the weariness can creep in and it creeps in quickly. Another thing, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, look with me in verses, um, verse, just verse, verse 1. 2 Corinthians 4, 1. Says, therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. 
it, it says that, that uh, because we have this ministry, because we receive mercy, we faint not. We need to go to God every single day and say, God, I need your mercy. I need your strength. I am a mess. You know, uh, Paul himself called himself the chief of sinners. Uh, you go over to Romans 7, and he said, who shall deliver me? Uh, basically, what he was saying was, who shall deliver me from myself? Because I'm a mess. Now, folks, if the Apostle Paul said that, how much more should we recognize that we're a mess too? But his grace is greater, and his mercy is greater. And we, we need his mercy on a daily basis. And uh, therefore, seeing we have this, this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. We need to make sure that we're, we're realizing just how merciful God has been to us, and then go to him every day. The Bible says, the Bible says in the Old Testament that his mercies are fresh. His mercies are new every single morning. Another thing we can do to prevent weariness, go to 2 Corinthians 4. Uh, you're there already. Go down to verses 15 and 16. It says, For all things are for your sakes, uh, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Strengthen your inner man. You say, how do you do that? You have to spend time with your God every day. You can't let a day slip. You got to spend time in the Bible. You got to spend time in prayer. You got to spend time in meditation. You got to spend time in strengthening your personal character. I, I heard something here just the other day, and I can't remember exactly who it was. I think it was somebody in this church. And uh, someone had recently gotten saved. And, and they, they, they told them this. They said, let me, let me tell you what the, the first thing is you need to do. And I, I've never heard this before. I've never done this before, but I think I'm going to start doing it. They said, well, here's what you need to do. You need to read through the book of Proverbs. I don't know that I've ever heard anybody tell somebody that right after they got saved, read through the book of Proverbs. But if you look at the scripture, that makes sense. Because the Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1, add to your faith what? Virtue, not knowledge. Virtue. You know what? You know what Proverbs is? It's a book of virtue. It's a book of moral character. It's a book of what to do right and what not to do and what to stay away from. Boy, if there's ever a day and age that we need that kind of stuff, it's today. But uh, but but uh, 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 you know, we, we, we need to be strengthened and strengthened in the inner man. Also, too, if you notice in verses, verse, verses 15 and 16, it says, For all things are for your sakes. This is the Apostle Paul talking. And he's, he's, he's speaking to the people at Corinth. And he says, The things that I do, I'm doing it for you. That the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not. He's saying, listen, one of the reasons why we're not going to quit is because if we quit, then you're going to come up short. Uh, we need to be actively helping others and actively being a blessing to others. And what that will do 
is that will that will uh, strengthen us and and help us to see that. Listen, I can't quit. I can't faint. Uh, you know, I, I can't throw up my hands because there's too much at stake. And then the last thing, look in Hebrews chapter 12 with me, if you would. Hebrews chapter 12, back where we were just a moment ago. Hebrews 12. Look down in verse 5. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children, my son. Despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. One of the things we can, we can do to not be weary in well-doing is not despise God's chastening, not get wearied of the chastening of God, and not faint. Understand that uh, when God corrects us, that ought to be something that we should welcome because he's trying to put us back on the, on, on the right track. One of the things I've noticed about, about uh, very religious areas of America, I, I ministered in Green Bay, Wisconsin, super religious. Uh, ministered here, super religious. Um, one of the things I've noticed is that the people's idea of who God is, God is just uh, up in heaven with a two-by-four, just waiting for us to trip up. And as soon as we trip up, wacko, he smacks us. That's the kind of that's the kind of mentality that a lot of people have about God. He's just he's just mean. He's just angry. No, can I tell you something? He whom he loveth, he chasteneth. And if you're getting getting the chastening of God, you ought to be thankful for that. How many how many times have I heard? And I've heard this a lot from from people that have been raised in good homes, but strict homes, loving homes, but tough homes. And that's a good thing, by the way. And, uh, and, and you, talk to the, you talk to the kids when they come through that whole thing, that they enjoy it growing up? Absolutely not. They hated it. Now they look back and they say, boy, dad, glad you spanked me. Boy, mom, thank you. I, I'm really thankful you spanked me because you don't spank as hard as dad does. But... <laughs> <laughs> Although I don't, I don't know some women now today. You know, they <laughs> might be tougher than what Dad does. But anyway, uh, they appreciate it. They appreciate it. You know what? We need to grow up. <laughs> we need. We, you know, when God comes down and and uh, gives us some chastening, understand uh, that's not a time to quit. That's not a time to throw up your hands. Realize that 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 chastening is for our good. He wants to make us. He wants to perfect us. He wants to 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 work holiness in us. And and when it, we look at all these these things that we can do to prevent prevent weariness, just keep in mind you will reap if you faint not, and you'll reap because you got a God who is faithful. He's faithful. You know, um, that really goes all the way back to the day that I got saved. When I got saved, somebody showed me the plan of salvation, but there was one verse in particular that just really grabbed me right at the very end of the presentation of salvation, and that was Romans chapter 10, verse 13. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Can I tell you what? That when you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, 
and you believe you're a sinner, and you believe you're on your way to hell, and you turn from your sin, you trust Christ as Savior, you believe on Him and Him alone, that verse always works. Always. There's never a misfire. You know why? Because God is faithful. Now, maybe you haven't trusted Christ as Savior yet. If you haven't, don't go another day. In fact, don't go another hour without trusting Him and Him alone. And you can do that, and you can call out to Him, and you can be born again today. If you just ask Him to save you, believing those things in your heart, because He is faithful. And then, those of you that are saved, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Why? God is faithful. Let's bow our heads for a prayer. Father, I'm thankful for your faithfulness. I'm thankful for your truth. I'm thankful for your love. And I'm thankful you never have gotten weary of me. And uh, the truth of the matter is, uh, there are lots of times that you would have been justified to do that. But you didn't. And Lord, uh, I'm, I'm thankful that not only you hunted me down and gave me an opportunity to trust you as Savior, but you've been on me ever since. And I can look at time after time after time when uh, I had a rotten attitude, had a rotten spirit, and yet you didn't give up on me. Help us, God, to tap into this morning a little bit of that be not weary attitude and that whatever we do we should do it heartily as unto you and not unto men god uh, use this message this morning to convict hearts to encourage hearts what what whatever it is that's needed and necessary i've watched you do that over and over and over again you take a message and use it 15 20 different ways in different hearts uh, lord uh, the important thing is that we respond properly to you. Work in our hearts and help us to say yes to the Spirit of God. I pray for anyone that might be under the sound of my voice, whether it be here, whether it be uh, online at home or in the car or anywhere. Lord, if they have not trusted Christ as Savior, I pray that today would be the day of salvation for them. Work in this message. Work in our hearts. Again, help us to say yes to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand.